Artists and creatives, you have the power to heal, transform, and elevate lives. Are you ready to step into your power? Welcome to Superfan Attraction. Hello. In part one, I introduced you to actor Stacy Marie Keppa. As she shared her journey of self-discovery, confidence, and branding as an actor. We talked about the coaching we did together, but part two, you can listen in as I coach her through her limiting beliefs around money. She opens up about her struggles with feeling undeserving of payment and the fear of charging for her graphic design, acting, and producing services. So let's just get right into the coaching. So is there anything that you want to have some support on today? Hmm. I, so I talk a lot about how helpful you are with confidence and the value that one brings. And I've spoken a lot about that. And that's definitely, I think, kind of where I'm at because I just... I want like a little boost of, um, I think just like remembering who I am and what I bring to the table because day to day, it's so easy to forget. And now that like, I haven't revisited that part of the training for a while. And I'm just curious to know, you know, if I've discovered anything else about me, um, or like what I can learn today, especially when it comes to making money. I think that would be a good thing, my money makers, because I was talking to my fiance, Vincent, and we're at a point where it's like, we're trying to build a very profitable career. We want to get married. We want to buy a house. We want to have kids like at some point, not right now, but at some point. And we're like, okay, the time for not making money has passed. That was like 10 years of us messing around and trying to be artistic and whatever. Now it's like, okay, this is a business. We can't be afraid to invoice people. Like we need to make money. And so what do we bring to the table? And that is where my confidence is like, do I deserve to get paid? And so I think that's definitely what I'm struggling with the most right now. And what kind of things are you think thinking of that you would offer as a service or what what are you working on right now that sure. So we just um finished a couple of movies. One was a boxing movie. Um and so I did I was an associate producer for that, uh, and just like supervised managed it. Um, and then, you know, I also helped out on set and which was really fun. And then, you know, I've been making a lot of pitch decks recently, so that could be a thing. And then, you know, historically I've, my survival job was, and still is making websites for actors or creatives and also logos for that. So it's, I've realized that I have a bit of a limit when it comes to making websites for actors because how much I can charge them, they might not, if you, if you're a new actor, you might not have the amount that I would want to charge. And so I was like, okay, I need to find, I need to tweak it a bit so I can still use those skills, but in a different form. And that's when I was like, let me switch into doing some producing. And that's kind of the new thing that I'm, I haven't started charging anyone for it yet, but I'm like, oh, there's definitely a skill here that I can definitely get paid for. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Like a lot of the projects that you're working on that you're hoping to get picked up or, you know, that you don't necessarily have as much control over, But if you're thinking like money making while you're working on that, um, what were you saying that you don't feel comfortable all the time asking for payment or 
is it the website stuff or well producing? it's it's any time unless I make money through acting and it is agreed upon you know there's a contract you fill out the w2 or whatever that form is it's like okay i know i'm getting paid they know it everything mm-hmm. when it comes to me doing creative work it could be website making pitch decks whatever i just had this conversation with vincent i was like my client literally knows my right they know it there is no secret um and they've said like, yes, I want to hire you. But then there's still, I think it's like, what I need help with is like, I don't feel like I, I like deserve it sometimes. And it's not that I'm charging astronomical rates and I don't do any work. It's like, I'm, I think I'm literally just afraid to like hit the invoice, like the send button on the invoice because I'm like, Oh, well, like, what if, like, they're having a hard financial time or, like, you know, they're kind of my friends, stuff like that. And then, uh, like, I almost feel guilty for, like, having done a good job. And then it's like, hi, pay me. Because for so long, and I still do this, um, it's a really bad habit, is, like, I'm, I'm like, I don't like, I'm just learning, like, I'm, you don't need to pay me, this is, or you pay me a cheap rate, or, and I think it comes back to, like, my past with growing up with, like, there's big money issues, like, money wasn't around, and I'm, like, if I'm being a successful business owner in any regard, like, I just, I can't be afraid of that, and that just comes down to, like, self-worth. Yeah, there's this, few things going on here. (laughs) Uh, Yes. It does come down to like your childhood and and, like how you viewed money and how you saw your parents and people around you with money. And how was that? Like you, I assume you saw them struggling and did that just make you start thinking that in order to earn money, it's a struggle. Yeah. Well, I think it was like, you know, my mom was very sick growing up. And so my dad worked night shift at factory over time to be able to pay the bills and everything. And, um, you know, he still couldn't pay the bills and like ended up with bankruptcy, um, over medical bills. And so then me growing up, it was like, we were, grew up in a trailer park and it was like if you had money it was suddenly like mismanagement of funds of like okay I have money right now and I need to like be like the other kids at school or stuff like that and then trans translating into adulthood I only realized this this past year that like $36,000 a year is like low income. <laughs> like I thought for a while, I mean, I'm 27 now. So like I thought for like the past nine years, like, oh, like I'm middle class. Like that's, yeah. I can't expect any more than that. Um, <laughs> And, you know, everything like inflation and everything and then moving to Los Angeles, things are expensive. And so it's like having to adjust my rates and realize like, oh, no, the way that I've been thinking for the past, like nine years since I got out of high school, it's, it's been wrong. Like, (laughs) you can earn more than that. I think you also saw that working hard didn't necessarily result in money. Uh Uh-uh. No, I mean, this boxing movie that we just did, uh, I think we dedicated the past three months to it, like an endless, like we produced it for free. Uh, Vincent directed it for free, edited it for free, like went through countless edits. And then it's like, and I'm like, 
the amount of hours and the amount of billable time that was given up to do these projects, which I don't regret the not being paid for it because it was such a great learning experience. And now it's like, okay, cool. We did one project for free. We don't need to do that again. But I'm like, oh, I like this is work that even though it's creative, you do deserve to get paid for it. Yeah. And I think that was your own project too. So it's a, it's a labor of love, but also learning and it prepares you for the future when you can get paid for that. Did you earn money as a kid? Like were you always, did you just rely on parents to give you money or did you work uh, from a young age? Yeah. So I was, my parents opened up a savings account for me when I was a kid and every single Christmas, birthday, any checks that like family members gave us any cash, whatever, it all went into that savings account. And, you know, my parents obviously took me to go buy clothes and buy school products. Like when, you know, it was start of school year, um, we'd get toys and, or I'd get toys. We, I don't have any siblings. They'd give me toys sometimes like Polly Pockets. Um, sometimes during Christmas, like I was the, the receiver of like the giving tree. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like when families can't afford to give presents or clothes to their kids, like at the elementary school, there'd be like a tag on a tree and it'd be like 12 year old girl, uh, needs shirts, size small. And then people would like take that, go buy it, put the put it under the tree and then I'd get it for a Christmas present. Um, I got my first job after I got my driver's license and I, it was at a shoe store. I love shoes so much. Um, and my first experience was I got like a prepaid debit card. Like it, all my earnings just went on this debit card through, um, nine West. And then it, it, I treated it like a gift card. Like it was just fun. Like there was no savings from that job. It was just whatever fast fashion I could get. And then, you know, in college, then it was like, okay, cool. Like you can start paying for your own stuff. And I was like, I don't need to work. I have this savings account from my childhood that has $10,000 in it. And that lasted not long at all. And my dad's like, what have you done? Um, So I think that's definitely always been my experience with money. Um, Never taught how to um, make money, how to save money, how to, you know, spend responsibly. Yeah. And then I was also the first one in my family, um, like between me and my dad, my mom first one to go to a four-year college and I didn't complete it. Um, and so I think my first real learning experience was uh, working at Starbucks and going to school for my real estate license uh, when I was like 22-ish. And so that was definitely a learning experience and I did have a stable job for a bit and then it was like, okay, cool, I'm doing this acting thing. And then it was, oh, now the pandemic happened. And like, again, it's like, uh, and this might sound like bad and stupid of me, whatever. It's like, you know, I was getting unemployment from the government. And it was like, again, like, I think there's always a trust that like money will be there somehow. Um, And it was, it never like really showed up in my life too long of like going to like a nine to five job. So then it was like, once the pandemic money ran out, then it was like, okay, now I need to start billing my clients. Um, And so it's just been like a terrible, like learning curve. Yeah. It's a pattern of you're not, you're just in that struggling artist world. Yeah. And And you don't feel like what you offer 
is value. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing is I realize that there is value now, but in my mind, there's value in my behaviors of getting and receiving the money is totally different. It's like, there's some disconnect there. And I think it's slowly like repairing and like making itself known, but it's like, I don't want to be a struggling artist. I want to be a successful businesswoman. Um, and I can like blame like all the circumstances as to why I don't have these skills, but it's like, I have to take responsibility and it's like, teach myself how to do it. Um, and so I think there's a lot of limiting beliefs. Yeah, but you invest. Like, it's not um, you invest in acting classes, acting coaches. You invested in branding coaching with me. And so. I'm not a total yeah. idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but why wouldn't someone invest in you for what you offer? I want them to. And like, okay, I, I, reached- I can see if some things you're still learning, but like graphic design, website design, you know how to do that. Yeah. You're not still learning. You know, no. how to do that. you've done it for many people and many companies. Yeah. So that's a service that has value. And if someone needs a website, needs a logo, they don't expect to get it for free. They expect that you're a professional that they need to invest in themselves to pay for that. And also when you were saying that, oh, but you don't know, they probably don't have a lot of money or, you know, so I feel bad charging, but you don't know how much money they have. Just because they're an artist too. That's so true. And as you're saying this, I was just thinking like, I feel bad because I don't know if they have money because I personally at multiple points in my life did not have money. Like, and so like, I can't just think that like, I can't copy. It's like I'm projecting or something like I copy and paste like my experience with money on other people. Exactly. Like, and that's kind of none of your business, right? If they have money or not, that's their problem. And also like, and there are plenty of artists that do make money. We just, you know, you might not just have it in your close world yet, but there are. And I think part of it is looking at people who are being successful and getting paid for what they do. Um, like if you... I always think if you think of you, if you needed a website, you needed to get a video edited, like, do you expect to get that for free or cheap? No, no. Unless I were to be like, you know, I don't want to pay. I'll do it myself. But well, that's how my business started. (laughs) But um, no, I've learned like you and I were resourceful. We, if we need to figure something out, we'll figure it out. And, but not everyone's like that, you know, and that is a skill in itself that you can figure things out, how to do things. And, you know, how, if you can't afford to pay someone to build a website, you know, we're the type that will figure out how to make our own website, but not everyone's like that. And that's mind boggling. Yeah. Most people are not like that. Most people, they don't have that quest to learn new things and and it's like a challenge and and they don't have that. They would rather pay someone to do it for them. Most people are like that. I've noticed that with some of my web design clients of like they just want a site maintained or like they'll sometimes send me updates and stuff. And I'm like, like, no offense. Like, I don't tell them this, but I'm like, you're going to pay me $75 an hour to like make those little changes for you. 
And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, like they gladly pay me. And I'm like, this is great. But like, then I'm like, what? Cause like, I just think, yeah, I'm the type of person that'll, you know, it's like I'm undermining my own business, but it's yeah. so important because, you know, when it comes to acting and where I want my career to go, it's like, whatever this thing is needs to be dealt with before I can like, you know, book a series regular role or a lead in a feature film. Cause thank God I have Eddie, my agent, <laughs> cause he'd be like, she's not working for free. Like you guys gotta pay her and stuff. But if I was my own agent, I'd be like, well, like, like you don't have to like I'll do it for free and I think it's like because it's so creative and it's something you love so much that uh, I don't know some actor like Morgan Freeman or Denzel Washington someone I forget who it was they're like yeah like that's what agents are for because like we would literally do this work for free yeah because you love it and also in the arts we all had to do things for free to learn like, you can't expect to get paid when you haven't proven yourself yet and you haven't, um, you don't know what you're doing, you know? And, yeah. and especially in the arts, a lot of us, like, did a lot of work for free because it gave us the experience. It made us learn things. It gave us credits. It gave us, you know, client testimonials and that, or we work for cheap, but you have to keep growing it so that you don't stay there. And I think with your web design and graphic design, you've proven yourself. So don't even think about what is in their wallet because they'll tell you too. But a lot of times, you know, there are people that just ask for discounts just because that's what they do. <laughs> I've heard, and I forget who it was, but one of the mentors that I look up to and and has a podcast, I forget who it was, that he, no matter, he, he doesn't need the discount, but he always asks for one because it pushes you, for one, it pushes you out of your comfort zone to ask for something. And you might get turned down. And also it helps, you know, be comfortable with rejection, you know, but he's like, I get a lot of discounts and it's not because I need it. It's just, it's like, it's available, mm. you know, and it's not like they're trying, you're trying to, you know, weasel someone out of anything. It's if there is a discount to be had, I'm going to ask for it. And I'm like, that's kind of good. Cause you, you forces you to kind of like, you can't even ask to be paid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had to like auto ask for a discount every single time like what can you do for me I'll pay you this you know it's like there, there are people that are gonna always ask for discounts or always play the the starving artist card but you don't have to give in to it yeah it's so funny because um uh, Vincent and I were talking and like we both were we have the same birthday different years we're very similar and we like are very similar in terms of like we might not have a lot of money but you won't know that just by like looking at us and like our generosity like if we have $300 in the bank and someone's like I need $250 we'll be like here's $250 like we still have $50 in our bank account like what What's there to complain about? Um, of course we'll help. Um, and like so many people are like, might have, like, you, we don't know, like they could have like $3,000 in their bank account and they'd be like, I'm too broke. I can't afford to go out to eat. Like, can you pay for me? That type of thing. And like, we've just been realizing like, we are too nice. <laughs> um, and that, that doesn't translate in business. So, like, yeah, I think that's so great of just like, I want to be like that guy of just like asking for discounts or things or like asking to like be paid or that my invoice is 
fulfilled in a timely manner without like getting weird about it. Um, and there's also an option of, I know we talk about it in the coaching world a lot of like charging what you want to be paid for most of your clients. And if you get enough clients at, you know, that, that regular rate, you can have like a scholarship Mm. or a discounted rate for certain people, but there has to be a qualification. Maybe they need to apply. And so it's more, there's more boundaries around it. You know, if you're the type of person that just needs to help, then, you know, you need to charge a regular rate for most of your clients. And then, then you can afford to discount for someone who's really struggling. I love that. And then you're doing it also because you really do want to help this person. You're invested in them. Like there's a different way of going about it than just always being the person that will discount, always being the person that will, you know, do it for free or cheap because, and don't even think about what they have in their wallet. This is what I charge for that. Oh, that's what I charge. And then they might come back and go, oh, I don't know if I can afford that. But again, that doesn't mean you discount. It just means that's what you charge. And you, if there is wiggle room, I always find like if, if someone's saying I can't afford this of what you offered to lower the price, try to see where you can lower the service too. Yeah. Give them less. You can't afford everything, like the most amazing website. Okay. How about, you know, I could do just a one page simple website for this. Can you afford that? So you're not discounting yourself. You're just having other options for more affordable options. Yeah. And I love that because it really does come down to like, uh, the time that it takes to do these things. It's, mm-hmm. it's not just, okay, in one hour, this thing is done. I mean, yeah, you could make a website in an hour, but like who wants to look at that? <laughs> um, but, and I think it's just, I, I don't know. I'm speechless. That's a really nice way to, to look at it and to adjust my services. Like, because, you know, I can't assume that I think I always get in my head of like, okay, how do I justify this to my customer? Um, and it's not like I try to rip anyone off, like at all. It's just like, okay, if you don't understand web design, how can I explain it to you of like realistically how long this takes me? Or like when you ask me to do like these simple updates, how long that actually takes. Um, And I think a part of it is knowing your value so that you're not trading time for money too. Yeah. And because it might take someone that doesn't really know how to do it. That's going to take them way more hours than you just because you can do it fast doesn't mean you charge less it's what you charge more because you know how to do it and people you know the, you're worth it because well they can't do it themselves or they don't I, want to do it themselves i need to like hear that again because that was also really mind-blowing of just because i think because i mean when you learn anything in the beginning it takes you so long to to learn how to do it and to do the first several until you get a rhythm and it's like I could charge whatever for that but then now that I can do things more efficiently it's like the pricing sure it doesn't take me as long but I have a lot more expertise so I never thought of that, but that's another place where I think the disconnect comes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm just thinking about that. I'm, I'm really intrigued. Um, and I need to think more about that because you're totally right. Um, and it really is value. It's that you can do something that I can't do. Right. I'm an actor. I need to get like just a one page website, but I don't even know where to start. I don't even want to do it. I'm not tech savvy, you know, um, I'd rather just pay someone to do it. And no, maybe I can't afford like this big, you know, design agency to do it. That's going to charge thousands and thousands and thousands. <laughs> but also, you can look at what are your peers charging too. You know? I did that um, about a year ago and I changed my rates and I reflected them. So like I'm so happy with what my rates are now where it's like I feel solid in them um I don't feel like I'm undercharging I don't feel like I'm overcharging it's just like the nice sweet spot and like if you were to go and look at different web designers their pricing would be similar or you know in that ballpark so you don't want people hiring you because you're the cheap one no, definitely not. Like, that's the only reason I'm hiring you is because I it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't feel good. You know, and also, I mean, I find in my many years of business, the less the budget, the more the work. The less the budget, the more headaches. The less the budget, the more, the higher the expectations. I've noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just kicking yourself and setting yourself up for more struggle and frustration by doing that. And people respect when you do charge what you're worth. Like, you know, and you can be even more expensive, you know, than another web designer. But someone might like your style. They like your vibe. They like the websites that you've done it's like no i'd rather pay her more because of what she does yeah you have to look at it that way and if people can't afford it well then that's not your problem yeah i actually i have a potential client who's also a friend of mine who like really does value the work that i do and they always say to me they're like I can't hire you yet, but I can't wait for the day that I can hire you. Like, because they respect me enough where, you know, they're not like, oh, hey, you're my friend. Um, can you do this for like, you know, super duper cheap? Um, they're like, no, like, I want to give you what what you're worth. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, you can be a client for me and one year, two years, five years, you can never be a client, like, that's okay. But at least you have that respect, like, I have so much respect for business owners when just, you know, now being my own business owner of when people are fair and do treat you like, you know, yeah, what you're worth. And so that's why I love working with you and talking with you because you know in addition to like all the branding and PR stuff it's like you're a really great businesswoman and you know you have more insight there than than I do so and you're always doing all these coachings with like you have your own coaches and so you're always learning with that yeah yeah got it in and even then, like other coaches that, you know, we've become friends. It's like, I don't get in their programs for free and they don't get into my stuff for free. We still pay each other. Right. So it's maybe having that too. Of like, you know, you might do some things because people are friends, like give them a little extra something, but you're still charging. Yeah. Like I noticed that. So with this. Uh, movie that we were just working on it's like um not like our original idea like one of our friends was like hey can you help help us help me with this and we we're like sure and so in our friend group we have a nice like little community of kind of like um 
you know, we're all learning. So it's like, okay, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Like if I help on your set, you'll come help on mine, that type of thing. Um, and there's like instances in it where it's like, okay, if I'm scratching your back and you're not scratching my back or like, you know, if you're not getting paid, the least that you can get is credit for the work that you do. And, um, we've had instances where that's like not wanting to happen and you, you have to be like, Hey, like, you know, I like did boom on, on your movie. Like I would like that credit because even though you're not getting paid for that, someone could see that movie and be like, Oh, cool. That person did sound work. I want to hire them for a project. Mm-hmm. And if there is like a scenario where it's like, feels really unfair, then it's like, this is the situation where you totally wouldn't do it for free. Like you'd be like, Hey, in order to make this fair, you do need to pay me. Um, and so it's, it's really been like learning. And I realized I would rather like, like you were just saying with your coaches, like sometimes you, you know, like, like you always pay each other for your own work. It's like, I would rather say hire you, Diane, for $75. And then you hire me for $75. And like, I literally give you $75. And then you give me $75. Like, and there's the one thing I've learned from my financial business coach. (laughs) I, you know, hey, I have money issues too. And it's the flow of money when they talk about abundance and manifesting. And when it comes to money, it's like, flow that money instead of trading services where there's no money going actually pay each other so again it's the flow of money that's lovely um because i was like yeah that should be happening more because it even if it's really like you know pennies and cents and it's not really anything it's like it gets you in that habit and like um you know, I also watch a lot of manifesting videos and stuff. And they always say, even if, you know, you have $10 in your bank account, if you, you know, I don't know, can like buy a piece of gum or like do something where it's like, as opposed to like holding on to something really tight and like everything's frozen is to just like get things circulating. Um, And then it's also like, even if, you know, I hire you and you hire me and for the same amount and it, it, you know, balances it itself out. It's like, there's that expectation that you did hire someone and like, there's those boundaries and expectations in place. Yeah. Um, And you're, you have it's technically money coming in, money going out, and then it sets you up to have that be a comfortable thing. So more money will come in, you know? Yeah. Um, Another, I think it was James Wedmore said that when, another way to look at it is like when you spend any money, this was so great. Now I try to make a point of doing it is that instead of thinking you go out to dinner and you're like, I don't know if I can afford like this dinner and you're like reluctantly, okay, I gotta add that. I gotta give the tip. And da, da, da. and it's like this whole, like giving it up. <clears throat> Think of it, watch the flow of money. Think of it as me paying for this dinner is helping the server pay their bills, pay rent. It's helping the restaurant stay in business. It's helping pay for all the staff that they have. It's paying their rent. And it's that flow of like, my money is going there. And so again, it's that watching the circle and you start to feel better about spending money when you're like, I'm contributing to the flow of money. Yeah, I love that. Um, And it's like, yeah, that's just a really great one because it's it gets you out of focusing on such like a small thing as opposed to seeing like the greater good and like the big picture, which I think 
I often struggle with is like, oh, there's like one little thing, but it's like, hey, like there's a lot more out there. There's more money out there that's, you know, waiting for you when at some point will come to you or like, you know, this does have a domino effect of who it can help. And uh, it's like when you go to the store and it's like, do you want to round up 76 cents to the nearest dollar? And it's like, sure. Yeah, I'll go do that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of gets you out of the scarcity mindset of like, any money I have, I got to hold on to it dear tight. And because you might, it's that fear that no more is coming. Has any, any of that given you a new perspective on charging for your services and making money? It has. Because um, it just, it's like, I've been sitting here listening and just thinking that there is a lot of value that I bring. And it's, with your courses, like we always talk about like, you know, limiting and false beliefs and like reworking them. And I just feel like a lot, I feel a lot better of just, okay, now I have these tools or like these little tips and tricks to like think of when I go and like work with a client. Um, or then when I'm moving forward with say like, you know, I do want to start charging for producing and all of that stuff is like, I think that's a really great thing with like a friend group. Um, even though they're my friends, it's like, we need to either like sit down and be like, I mean, I really love the idea of like us paying each other. I think that's great. Um, but even not client. And so the testimonial means that much more too. Oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Sometimes you do work when you're starting out. Again, not now for you, but when you're learning something new, you might do things for free because it gives you the credit. It gives you a testimonial, whatever. But it's like, if you're, I actually paid you for this. And so my testimonial, I'm a legit client. This has been really helpful. Um, I feel like I'm just going to listen in this podcast a bunch. Whenever I doubt myself, because yeah, there's some nice little nuggets in there. And don't count the money in other people's wallets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm I'm not a nosy person, so I don't know why. Like my mind is like becomes nosy when it's like thinking about you know their bank account and stuff like that. I don't. That's none of my business. That's not your problem. I could make up a billion stories about what is in someone's account. But I mean, if they're looking to hire me, then I would have to trust them that they've done their research or like they're open having that communicate that conversation. And now you know of that millionaire that asks for discounts. Yeah. So I can, I can brace myself and just be like, okay, some people are going to ask and that's totally fine, but yeah. I can always look at it as when I say no is like, they asked me that question. So I could say no and they could practice their dealing with rejection. Yeah. That's how I'm going to look at it in the future. Service you're providing. Yeah. <laughs> you're helping them push their comfort zone because that guy saying that made me want to start doing it too. Again, just to push my comfort zone whether you need the discount or not, it's like, but then when you're stuck in, I've definitely been where you're at, where you're not used to having the money to hire people or do these things. So you're just assuming they don't either. And, oh, they asked for a discount. Oh, well, okay. So you discount your value, your work. You do all this work. And meanwhile, you're struggling. You got to pay your rent. You got to do this. And then what if you find out that that guy's a millionaire? You just oh. discounted. Wouldn't that annoy you? Yeah, it would. Oh, my goodness. I would. Oh, see, 
you know, you're just assuming everyone's broke and that's why they're asking for a discount. But I forget that. I'm going to find out who that was again. <laughs> that millionaire. But it's a good point. It pushes your comfort zone. It sets you up so that it doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah. And plus with this, this whole career path that I'm on, it's like, this is like, you know, starting level. Like I need to have the boundaries and have this business mindset and not be afraid because in the future, you know, my agent might not always be around or I might not have a manager or like, you know, someone to, or I could have the wrong people around me. And it's like, I always got to like, look out for myself and be like, I'm a businesswoman. Like, let me take charge of this. Um, and if I can't get $75 an hour here, like, and like, not be afraid to be like, hi, like, here's your invoice. Pay me, please. Like I did this for you. Then it's like, Oh, when like, say like Steven Spielberg, like hires me and it's like, Oh, really? Like you want to pay me $65,000? I mean, like, are you like, that's not too much. Like, I mean, I could like fly myself to New York or like put myself up in a hotel. Like I could do all that stuff. And it's like, no, let them pay for you. Exactly. Yeah. And I get it. You have to be prepared that they're going to say no and walk away. Yeah. And it's like, if someone says no and they walk away, then it's like, it wasn't meant to be like, don't have that expectation that they're going to hire you. And also don't be so like needy and desperate for them. Cause then like, you don't want to devalue yourself for someone else. So if they're not, if, how you're just going to feel resentful of, of if the fact that they convinced you to do all this work for a lot less, you're just going to not feel the confidence. You're going to start, you, the more you do that, the more it kills your confidence because nobody's valuing you. Yeah. And it just traps you there longer. I mean, yeah, you do it long enough. It's going to be a, even harder to get out of that, that, confidence hole yeah if you just stand firm of like okay but i have this offer for people that are maybe not financially able to spend a huge website you know have different layers of service so that you're not discounting you're just saying oh this is what i would love to do for your website and it'll cost this and they're like, whoa, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. Um, what is your budget? Or you can always ask, what's your budget? Or you could say, well, I have also this smaller package that might be perfect for you. And it's this much. Yeah. That's, that's great. I love that. I'm definitely going to... That actually gets me excited to like bring on clients again and like, you know, run my business because it's, that's always a a sticking point and I don't want it to be a sticking point anymore. Cool. Well, any final questions, words of wisdom, takeaways? Uh, Well, I mean, there are so many takeaways, but I would say that if you're listening to this podcast episode, um, and you're curious about coaching with Diane, you definitely should because she's the best and she has the best kitty cats and um, (laughs) she's just really helpful. Um, Even though I'm not currently coaching with you, it's definitely something that is on my radar of, you know, I do want to coach with you again at some point. And once, you know, I'm getting all those invoices coming in. money yeah and then it's just you know I still have all the worksheets and I always go over everything and it's like man I've changed so much since we've started working together and 
everything that you've taught me, it still rings true. And there's always just so much that you get to work on. Thank you so much. This was lovely. Yeah, it was so much fun. It was, yeah, a really nice hour. That's where can people find you online? There you go. Oh, uh, so I have my website, which is stacymariekiba.com. S T I C E Y M A R I E K E B Z M B O Y A dot com. And then my Instagram handle is just at Stacy Cuba. So. Cool. And is your website for acting or do you have a graphic design and, and website design website as well? Or is it all together? Um, so my website is for acting, um, but it's under maintenance right now. So hopefully when this podcast comes out, um, it'll be updated. So that way my web design stuff is on there too. So it's just one place. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. I had a blast. But yeah, if anyone needs a website and they hear this, you can just reach out to me on Instagram if um, if my website isn't updated. <laughs> I've been updating other people's websites, not my own. So, well, um, a website, that's a flag right there. So I'll say get on that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I have a graphic design website and a website design website. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And Zoe's joined us. Hi, Zoe. (laughs) She had to say goodbye. Yeah, she has to join us. Cool confession time. I didn't know going into our session that we were going to focus on money, money mindset blocks in the session. But for the first half, I was feeling like an imposter because I certainly haven't mastered my own money mindset. I was 100% channeling my money mentor, Katie Chen Mazzara. Everything I've learned, I've learned from her. I highly recommend her if you want to dive deeper into your own money mindset. She was a guest on the Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive podcast, episode 55, if you want to check that out. But I'll also have her on again um, near the end of the year when she's launching her 2024 Financial Freedom for Creatives Club. So I want to recommend that to anyone who wants to really dive deeper into their money mindset and also learn all the financial stuff that us creatives try to avoid, me included. Um, So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned from Stacy's experience and came away with some inspiration. Thanks for listening to Superfan Attraction. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review so that others can find this show as well. To connect with me, I'm Diane Foy Arts on all socials and in the Superfan Attraction group on Facebook.